Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Dr. Christian Heim podcast, where we are living for preventative mental health, love, and compassion. I'm Caroline Heim, and it is so great to have you here again. Hope you're traveling okay during these really difficult, difficult times. Okay, so today we're going to continue our love series, Cheating. How can I cheat on someone I truly love? I mean, what are you asking here? Is it physically possible? Do you want permission? Is it a good idea? How to get away with it? In this episode from our Late Night Love live stream, we look at the science and psychology of how and why people cheat and the brain chemicals and hormones driving long-term love, sex, and trust. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Late Night Love. My name's Dr. Caroline Heim, and this is Dr. Christian Heim on piano. Welcome to our pod show for preventative mental health. And tonight's topic is, can you cheat on someone you love? Whew, okay. Is that tonight's topic? We're, ta- we're tackling it. We're tackling it. We are. Don't believe it's, it. It's very topical at the moment. It's all over the internet. We've got a lot to talk about with this. <sighs> but surely this is a no-brainer. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. We haven't started the discussion yet. Okay. <laughs> we're on all right. love. Okay, love. we're on okay. love. We're talking okay. about love. Okay? okay. So this is part of it. Can yes. you cheat on someone you love? Okay. But welcome everyone, old friends and new, to our pod show for preventative mental health. We are so glad that you have joined us. Um, if you've got any questions or comments, pop them in the chat. Or if you're watching the video after, ask us some questions. We've had a lot of questions come in this week about different things, and even one about tonight. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> What, they've asked, can I? Yeah. <laughs> can I cheat on someone oh. I love? Can I, pretty please? <laughs> and we're going to have more music for those that are joining us for the first time. More so, music. Um, yeah, more music. We always play out with a song. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so let's just hop into it. We're going to hop this time. We're going to hop. Yes. Okay, like last night's possum. <laughs> oh, yes, we kept up all night with a possum in our ceiling. Two possums. <laughs> Two oh, fighting. Like possum fight. <laughs> I mean, one grabbed the other and threw him across the roof. Okay, it's oh. just brutal. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, anyway, Horrible. yeah, we didn't get much sleep, I must say. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but we're here, we're here. Okay, <laughs> let's get into the topic. All right, so I guess my first question is, can you? Can you cheat on someone you love? All right. Strangely enough, I was thinking about this question at about two o'clock in the morning. No, I wonder why. Well, I had nothing else to do at that stage. There it is. Possums keep me. Anyway. All right. So, uh, again, because this is a question that has to do with love, Mm -hmm. that has to do potentially with infidelity and sex. Yeah. it's easy for our thinking minds to take a break and we start going into emotional mode. Yeah. That's all of us, including you, including me. Yes, all right? yes. So I was thinking about the question and the question actually is imprecise. The question asks about five or six different things. All right? It does. I, I can understand that. Okay, 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 okay. so let's, let, let's clarify yeah. what the question actually says. So the first thing is, can I sleep with somebody that I love yeah. biologically? Is it possible? And the answer is yes. You can just go out there and... Sleep with someone. Well, and cheat on somebody. Oh, so can you cheat? No, you said, can I sleep with yeah, someone? Yeah, I know, I know. Okay, 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 okay yeah. so can I cheat? Okay, yeah. Is yeah. it physically possible? Yes. Yes, there is no magic that happens when you're together with somebody that says you can't do these things. Okay. So yeah. straight yes, away that Yes, okay. you can. Okay, it's been done many, many times. Okay, so the, the other question is, um, can I cheat on somebody that I love 
or if I've cheated, does that mean that I don't really love them? Yeah, I think that's really the crux of the question. Another one is, okay, um, is it an option? Are we getting to the stage where relationship is becoming to the stage where I can cheat on somebody that I love? Yeah, and, and not even get away with it, but it's okay. And that's, you're talking with that one, it's okay to do that. Well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, okay, is it becoming okay. more acceptable to yeah, do that? Yeah. Uh, then there's the ethical question. Mm. And it's a confronting question because in a way it's shocking. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, can I sleep with somebody that I love? Mm -hmm. And so it's it's a moral affront. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, what, was the, what was the last one that I wanted to look at? Okay. Oh, yeah. Asking permission. Like, like I just joked about it. Can I? Can, can I, I sleep with somebody that I love? Going and asking your wife or partner, can I? Yeah. So, so the question encompasses some biological issues. Yeah. Okay. But more and more, it gets into the morality and the ethics yeah, of what's happening. It does. It okay. really does. But I would like to stick with the biology on this because you are a psychiatrist. You know about the brain. Yeah, okay. I do. I do. I mean, and we might get into some of the ethical a bit later on. Well, yeah. Okay, so to me as a psychiatrist, there's actually not that much of a difference between the biological and the ethical. Ooh. And I know that's a controversial Ooh, thing to say. Crossover right? area. All right, and so we're going to be leaning on some of the things that we talked about in earlier episodes of Late Night Lies. Yes. All right, so I made the argument as a doctor yeah. that there is good and bad. Yeah. I'm sorry when somebody cheats on you, it feels bad, right? Yeah. And it takes the life out of you. Yeah. Uh, if somebody is faithful to you, that is good because the relationship is going to stay together. Mm. All right. Mm. And the word cheat. All right. Yeah. It's it's already a morally laden word. It right? is. It is totally. Yeah. Is there a good cheater? Right. Mm. And not just an animal that can run fast. But, <laughs> but you know, if you wow. if you cheat on the, your taxes, <laughs> are you doing something good? If you cheat in a game, are you doing something good? Yeah. As a general rule, we, we look upon that with disdain. We yeah. look upon that as sort of saying, no, there's something wrong with that. There's something wrong with cheating per se. If I play a game of Monopoly or tennis or anything with you, yeah. you don't want me to cheat. Yeah. You want to play by the rules, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. there is something in that yeah. as well. I'm glad you referred to a, a, a past late night love because we actually talked about um, hurt. You know, does love hurt? And yeah. obviously in this case, I mean, it doesn't hurt so much if someone cheats in a game of Scrabble. Or, well, you can't really cheat in Scrabble. Let's take, um, I don't know, what, what can oh, you, you cheat can. in? Oh, yes, you can. I've seen you do it. <laughs> in any card game you can cheat, okay. Yeah, that's right. Card games, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so it doesn't really hurt. And but in when fact, yeah. in a game like poker, yeah. uh, it's not cheating, but it's part of the game to bluff. It's yeah. part of the game to see what you can get away with, to okay. see if you can con the other person. And so that becomes part of the game. Yeah, yeah, that's right? true. I know, but that's different. Well, well it is. Or, but or we... is it part of the game for people that want to cheat? <laughs> so is it not only that I want to sleep with this person, but it's also, you know, oh, it's part of a game. And also, can I get away with it? Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. so all of that came up with the uh, discussion because I... I'm saying that there's not that much between the biology and the ethics situation, okay, yeah. that it's actually together. Yeah. And if we go into the brain yes. and we look at what love is, mm. okay, and how it's mediated in the brain. And okay, so last week we looked at seven types of love, yes. and you cannot look in the brain to find these seven types of love, no. right? Mm. But you can look into the brain to say, what are the chemicals that mediate this feeling of love? Mm. And the big thing that we have discovered over the last 20, 25 years is it's the brain chemical oxytocin yeah. that mediates that feeling of 
love. Yeah. And quite frankly, love in all of its forms. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the interesting thing about oxytocin is we have known for a long time that it is the signal in a woman's body to start the process of giving birth. Yeah. It's also the signal in a woman's body for a letdown of milk. Yeah. Baby cries, oxytocin levels go yeah. up. <laughs> Breasts feel full, okay, I've got to feed this thing. Yes, okay, yeah, so yeah. It's, it's got these biological functions mm. as well. But that feeling of love, that mm. feeling that I love you, mm. all right, we have scientifically proven that that is linked to oxytocin levels. Okay, right? yeah. So we're now at the stage where we say that love is mediated by oxytocin. But here's what's, uh, the other thing that's interesting, trust is mediated by oxytocin mm -hmm. levels as well. So love and trust are very, very linked. Mm. And this sort of gets to the crux of our question yeah, today. Yeah, come on, get right? to the question. Well, yes, that yeah. cheating on somebody means that you are betraying them. You are betraying their trust. So it's a broken trust, unless it's consensual, obviously. Well, it's not cheating if, you can, if it's, cons if that's it's right. consensual. That's yeah, right, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So, so that, that's why inherent in that question is the biology, which is oxytocin mediated mm. and seeing that love and trust are mediated by the same chemical, right? Mm. And that uh, there's an ethical dilemma here, mm. right? Mm. You can't love somebody and betray their trust at the same time. <laughs> but of course we know that you can and it does happen. Okay. So how does that happen? Okay, so if he's just said it, you can't love someone and betray their trust at the same well, time. No, no. Yeah, that's why I, I want to pick you up on that. Yeah, yeah. Because that can be quoted. So be very clear on that. Please. Okay, okay. So if you are loving somebody and yeah. you are betraying their trust, you are doing two opposite things. Okay. Yeah. Now our mind and our brain and our behavior is so complex. Yeah that we can actually do this. Okay, this is very interesting. How can we do this? The word is compartmentalization. Okay, all right, so, right. so explain that then. Uh, all right, so uh, let's go to a little bit of Japanese culture mm -hmm. where you uh, sometimes during the day you play the role of father Mm. or you play the role of good husband, mm -hmm. or you play the role of good businessman. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm typecasting Japanese culture, but studies have shown that basically there, there is this delineation of identity depending on what you do yes, during yeah. the day. And they become different compartments mm. in your mm. mind, okay? And I know working with people who, who are very troubled minds, who have uh, um, experienced trauma. In your practice. In my practice, yeah. uh, they're, their mind will actually split off a piece of all of their behavior mm. and it's it's like it is not allowed to interact with the rest mm. of their mind mm -hmm. okay so this is how we get human beings living a double life yes. and this includes cheating this is how let's say a uh, a man can be a good father and family man and be carrying on an affair for 15 years that that none of his family know about he compartmentalizes Okay, and does he actually think that's okay? Because he's, comp I mean, um, is it is compartmentalizing so distinct that he's like, oh, but that's okay. I've got two lives. That's is that what the brain does? So compartmentalizing in this sense is a bit like the defense mechanism denial. Okay. If oh, I, okay. If yeah, I don't have yeah. to look at it, yeah, then it's not a problem. Mm. And when I sit down with my family to have a meal, mm. all right, uh, the other side of my compartmentalization is not getting a look in yeah right yeah it would make me uncomfortable to uh, talk about 
somebody outside of my family there. Mm. Okay. Mm. So is it that they've pushed it further back into their subconscious or repressed it or something? Is that how they're able to compartmentalize? All right. Just before I um, answer that. Yeah. I can't look into everybody's no, mind. No, of course. It's okay. going to be different in different well, degrees yes, yes, and everything. Yes, but the thing too. is that as a psychiatrist in a clinical situation, I have had the privilege of looking deeply mm. into how these things happen. Yeah. And with some people, uh, we actually have these conversations and we find out what actually is happening in the brain, mm. all right? Mm. Because to reach an area of truth, in other words, to confront the reality of mm. the situation, mm. that's really hard work, yeah. all right? Yeah. But it means that you're taking down the walls of each compartment mm -hmm. and saying, okay, so there's a part of you that does this because it wants this, and there's a part of you that does this because it wants that. Mm. And in, in all of us, we have to reconcile all these differing wants, all these goals that are going in different directions. Mm. You may mm. have a career goal mm. that goes against your family goals and you sort of go, okay, how do I juggle both of them? Mm -hmm. All right, that's not as extreme an example, mm. but we sort of compartmentalize so that we can get on with life. Yeah, so we all do it to a certain degree. We all do it to a certain degree. That's right, yeah. yes. But it gets to the point of, does it get to the point of denial or something when it gets so big where, where there's two separate lives that, that a person's living? Well, in some people it can. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. right yeah. That's right. Yeah. And it can get, uh, now, now we're going to weird territory, okay? <laughs> in the Which, brain. Uh, well, in, in the brain. And if, if we start looking at extreme examples, yes, then, then I we know, get too no. far away from I the know, essence of what we're talking about. from the actual essence yeah, yeah. of what we're talking about. Okay, yeah. all right. So I did ask you that question, though. Is it is it repressed? Is it pushed further down? When, it, when say, you gave the example of someone that's been cheating on their wife for 15 years yeah. or something. So yeah. is, it, is there so much denial that it's really just pushed right down or is there a still an, a bit of an awareness when they're Oh, I think there's a lot of an awareness, okay, okay? okay? But people get themselves into situations and they don't yeah. know how to get out of them. Yeah, yeah, right? that's right. So yeah. I have worked with people who have come to me and basically said, look, I haven't told anybody this, but the reason I'm feeling depressed and anxious is because I'm having an affair and I don't know how to get out of it, Yeah. right? Yeah. So we have to work to get out of it, Yeah. okay? Yeah. Because that's what they want. Mm. So for, for most people, there there is an awareness, mm. okay? Mm. And the thing is that we have all these conflicting desires, particularly when it comes to our sex life, yeah. all right? Yeah. And the thing is that because we live in a society that is... Well, hyper-individual, it's yeah. encouraging us all to express all of ourselves, yeah. right? How do you reconcile that when you're in a relationship with somebody who wants to express all of themselves, but you mm. want to keep the relationship going together? Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, can I give a musical example of that yes. very problem? Yes, 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 I'd love that. All right, Music. Okay. Music, <laughs> music, okay, we're, we're going to Bach. We're going to Bach in 1744, and we're looking at his uh, Prelude in F minor. Now, the very interesting thing about this particular prelude is it uses two ideas, but they're very distinct, they're very different. So this is the opening idea, it's very expressive. And here's a second idea, it's a running idea that you want to do faster. But if I do the first idea at that speed, it goes. Not as expressive, or I could slow down the second idea. And it becomes not quite as running. 
And if you're going to play good Bach, you actually have to find a tempo that encapsulates both of them. like we actually are on again. Sorry about that guys, a little bit of an interruption there. Um, yeah, good, we're back here again. <laughs> we were in the middle of the uh, the Beethoven, I believe. Was that right? Okay. Okay, so, so we can I'll start take off from, from there. Okay. So I've been talking about how Bach had problems when he had two separate ideas that go at different paces. By the time we get to Beethoven, this becomes a real problem. That's the start of his Appassionata Sonata. But later on he has this theme that sounds very nationalistic and a bit more lyrical. So the tendency is to do it slower. But if we do the opening as slow as we do that, Plonky. But if we do the second theme as fast as we did the opening, you lose the character. Now Beethoven's solution was actually to change tempos as he was playing. But, but we don't consider that good Beethoven playing. Okay, okay, yeah, so but consistency is better. Well, well, what we aim for in classical music is the same tempo, all right? Okay. But Beethoven being grouchy, really, <laughs> yeah, really emotive person, oh, yes. <laughs> does that. And I've got to say, I do that too. You okay? do, do Because that I'm too. very That's much, true. my feelings are really strong, yeah. so, so yeah. I change tempo. Uh, but the dilemma is that it happens in a relationship. Yeah. You have your tempo. Yes. I have my tempo. And sometimes we have to let go of our ideal tempi to work in our relationship, mm -hmm. to work together, mm -hmm. all right? Or you have your volume, I have my volume. You have your style, I have my style. Mm -hmm. But to keep the relationship together, we have to make these little sacrifices for the yeah. good of the relationship. And yeah. that's usually lovingly done and happily done because we both gain so much. Yeah, true. Okay, I'm just checking that um, this is actually live now. Um, sorry. Um, I believe it is, yeah. Yeah, but there, there's, yeah, okay, so the playbacks are there. All right, um, it looks like it is, so it looks like it's going well, so hopefully you can come and join us again um, with this discussion. All right, okay, uh, and so if you're cheating on somebody, yeah, cheating on the person that you love, mm. you're working against the relationship, you're working against the love because the oxytocin mediates that trust that you are betraying by mm. cheating on somebody. Mm, mm. Okay, all right then. But cheating's a little bit different with guys and girls, isn't it? The, the kind of cheating and it's a bit different. Is it? Well, <laughs> the same thing. It's the same thing. And we have, we, we're, we were a bit down on, on guys too because we were saying it was a guy that cheated, but fe females cheat too. Well, okay. so. 
Okay, we're going to talk about studies in this area. Okay, good. All right, studies time. <laughs> if if we're just looking at marriages and yeah. we're just looking at heterosexual relationships, if you got a closed system where there was a hundred marriages and there was nobody else there, and you asked how many were cheating, well, for every guy that cheats, there's a woman that cheated as yeah. well. Okay, yeah. so the cheating rates would be about the same. Yeah, and the rates say about seventeen percent. Wow. But here's the thing. Uh, the rates for guys are about 21% and the rates for women are about 13%. Okay. But what we do know is that humans have the capacity to lie. And we actually have studies that show that uh, males will tend to overestimate mm. their cheating or overspeak their cheating, mm. whereas women will underspeak their cheating. Okay, oh. so is this we, a numbers game? Then no, 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 it's a truth yeah, game. Yeah, okay. it's, it's, it's a, a truth game. It's a, it's okay. a truth game. Okay, and um, because cheating does come with negative connotations, yeah, uh, women in particular don't always put their hand up to sort of say, "Yeah, I've cheated." Okay, yeah, yeah. and it's it's probably underestimated all in all because uh, people would tend not to. Put their hand up to sort of say, "Yes, I have cheated." Mm, okay. Mm. If you ask the question, "Have you had uh, sex outside of marriage or yeah. an extramarital affair?" Yeah. Uh, that's already a different question to "Have you cheated?" Okay, because cheating already um, implies deceit. Yeah. Implies a problem. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Why is it different? Why? Because yeah. cheating is a moralistic word. Yeah. Okay. Cheating right. already so, says so bad. So an extramarital affair is is better than cheating. That, well, I'm, no, no, I'm a bit no, confused no, no, as to what I, I, you're I'm, saying I'm here. Asking, uh, I'm just asking the question. It's okay. how you frame the question. Yeah. Okay. Uh, if if I ask, uh, have you had an extramarital affair? Mm. Well, that's just a piece of information. Yeah. yeah. Whereas if I ask somebody, have you cheated? Mm. All right. Well, I'm already making a judgment on them. You see. Oh, you're making the judgment. Okay, I've got you now. Okay, so okay. it's a judgment sort of a thing. Well, yeah. it is. It is. And, that, and that's why this is such a hot topic. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is, because we are all selfish by nature, mm. we want to get our individual needs fulfilled. Mm. All right. Mm. And oh, how do you do that when you're in a relationship and you're sexually attracted to that person over yeah, there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yes. And yes, this must come up. Yes. Quite often. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, uh, we can go to the science of yes, hormones again because mm -hmm. sexual attraction happens on a very chemical level. Yeah. The hormones involved are testosterone, yes. uh, sex pheromones, mm. okay, and estrogen. Yeah. Okay. And you can be sexually attracted to somebody that you're not in a relationship with. Yes. But as I argued in a late night lies, we have choice. Mm. What are you going to do with that? Mm. You don't have to be sexually involved in somebody else if you value the relationship that you're in. Okay. okay? Yeah. So you, okay. So you, yeah. So so you say, okay, this is this is what I'm feeling, and this is where we were talking about getting the love types mixed up too, when when it's sort of um, eros love, which is one of the seven love types, um, mixed up with sex. Sex. <laughs> lust. Lust. Okay. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and lust is the word that. Um, uh, that the scientist uh, Helen Fisher mm -hmm. used yeah. for that initial sexual attraction. Yeah. So if you go through the evolution of a, a relationship, first thing is a lust attraction. Mm. I find that person hot. I am attracted yeah. to that yeah. person. Then comes attraction, mm -hmm. okay, where you sort of go, oh, I'm actually attracted to that one person mm -hmm. rather than 
sexually to a whole lot of mm. people. Mm. And then with time comes attachment. Mm. When you commit yourself more and more step by step to mm. that person mm. and the feeling is more long term. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it becomes a different relationship. It becomes, if you like, a storge relationship. We belong together. Okay. Storge is one of the other love types. It's about belonging love. And it's something that's built up during your relationship and when you create a family and all yeah. of that. So you're not going to have storge love for this person that you weren't going to you know, have an affair with or whatever, well, or well, cheat on your wife or your When partner. you first meet somebody yeah. and feel that uh, initial attraction, they're a complete stranger to you. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. In fact, sexually, that is actually one of the things that we find attractive because yeah. there's something forbidden, there's something new and novel, yeah. and there's something exciting about that. And this mm. is why people are prone to having affairs because when you've been with somebody for 5, 10, 20 years, you know what? You know their body pretty damn well, yeah, okay? Yeah. And there are no secrets. There are mm. no surprises, mm, okay? Mm, mm. <sighs> okay, so we're go let's go back to the question, the original question, can you cheat on someone you love? So yeah. you love them, you've compartmentalized them. If you didn't listen to the beginning of the video, go back to that and have a look at how we compartmentalize that. Well, someone can to, to and put up their own defense mechanisms to be able to cope with that. Yes. Um, but one, one thing that you did touch on in there are five aspects of this question is consensual. Is it, you know, yeah. if it's consensual and, and, and is society moving to that point? Well, OK, well, certainly with open marriages and things like that. But is it something that 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 that, that is happening? Well, give us some stats on what's actually happening. All right. Out there. OK. Um, firstly, there, there are a lot of reports on the Internet of uh, we're all moving to this, we're all moving to yeah, that. Yeah, right? it's true. But we have to keep that in the light of, remember, people are vying for our attention yeah. on the internet. And so if we say something outrageous, right, uh, on the internet, uh, people will gravitate to it, sort yeah. of the ooh-ah factor, mm -hmm. right? But here are the stats. About 4% of marriages um, have an open element to them. Okay. Okay. So that's one in 25 couples. Okay. We'll have some sort of an agreement, mm -hmm. right? Now, uh, I'm not even saying that they're successful, all right? Yeah. I'm just saying yeah. that, that they That's have an agreement, okay? Yeah. So about a quarter of those people said that having an open relationship led to their divorce. Okay. Okay. About a quarter of those people who had an open relationship said it led to their happiness and satisfaction. Yes. Okay. And, and the rest obviously mm -hmm. were equivocal mm -hmm. on that. Mm -hmm. All right. So uh, the other thing that they look at in studies of open relationships is how honest is an open relationship? Yeah. Um, because there are some couples that may talk about everything, that yeah. disclose everything. Yeah. Everything's a lot, okay, <laughs> when you're talking about intimacy with well, another yeah, person. Well, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Uh, whereas there are some open relationships where people go, yes, yes, we have an understanding. Right? An understanding, yeah. And there are things that don't get talked about mm -hmm. and don't even get said. So yeah. that's, that's a compartmentalizing. Oh, my gosh. oh, it is, it is, that's well, true. It is. Yeah. It sort of says, even this within is, the open marriage Within the framework. open marriage, yeah, there okay. are different levels yeah. of... Um, Disclosure. Yeah, right? The yeah. other thing is there's always a question, has the male in the relationship coerced the female mm. into having an open relationship? Because mm. uh, we do know that, that men have more of a desire to have variety in their, in their sex lives. Okay, so that's just something that we know. Well, that's... Scientifically? Scientifically, okay. <laughs> I'm bringing you back to the biology because it's yes. really important. Right, so, okay. so let's, let's go to the biological drivers of um, sexual desire. Yes. Again, this is this is a really complex area, it right? Is, yeah, okay, yeah. because 
Uh, we like to think that things are compartmentalized into either biological or sociological, right? Yeah. So it's either nature or nurture. Uh, it's something that we've inherited or it's something that we've been conditioned to. And look, we're moving towards the idea that there is such an interplay between the two that mm. it's not that distinct. Okay. However, we do know that the main driver of sexual desire, biologically speaking, yes. is testosterone yes. in both men and women. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. The male body produces about 20 times the testosterone of a female body. Okay, so okay. that's much more drive then. <laughs> well, 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 okay. Uh, that we can't quite make that connection, okay, all, all right. right? But uh, I'm just giving you the scientific this, okay, facts at the all moment, right, all right? All right, yes, that's And what at I asked any for. given time, a male body will have about seven times the amount of free testosterone in their system than a female will. Okay. Okay. To make things more complex, because they are, <laughs> in the female body, yes. Uh, the sex drive, biologically speaking, is uh, testosterone, but working together with estrogen. Mm. Okay, and estrogen levels rise and fall during a cycle. Mm. And women know that there are some days in your cycle when you just couldn't be bothered about sex at all. All right. This is true. And other women will find that there are some days in your cycle where you've got to go, oh my gosh, just I've got to stop myself from, from having sex, right? And, and that actually coincides with ovulation. Okay. All right, because what does nature want? Okay, pure nature, babies, all right? Babies, so, survival. So you will find that yes. drive. Yeah, okay? yeah, okay. And during that time, and this is really interesting, okay, at the time of ovulation, a female's uh, pheromones, yes. so the smell that we give off, the chemical yeah. smell, can induce an increase of testosterone in all the males around her. In all the males around well, her? Well, in males around her. Okay, all right. okay. so it just happens, yeah. Well, that, so there's a chemical signal <laughs> that basically says, I'd like it, thank you. Yeah. Okay, and this yeah. is biologically driven. I'm just talking about the biology. Yeah, yeah, all yeah, right? yeah. yeah. Even to this. It, yeah, because you, your mind isn't necessarily thinking that, but it's it's what's given off. It's well, that's actually, right, that's right. Wow, it's so, that's yeah, right. it and, is and, really and, interesting. And here's the other thing that makes uh, the area of sex so difficult, all right? Yeah. Uh, we scientifically know that we will make different uh, decisions mm. when we are sexually aroused mm. or when we've had alcohol in our mm. system, all right? Mm. We like to think that we are all consenting with our full autonomy yeah. right there every yeah. minute of the day. Yeah. but. That's not quite true either, and that's why it's so complex. And I'll just make oh it a little bit gosh. more complex, okay? Men are much more biologically driven than women are, mm -hmm. okay? Which is why what's important to men is the physical intimacy. Yeah. Women, uh, the sociology, the uh, relationship, okay, uh, is much more important to them, mm -hmm. okay? Which means that if they cheat on their partners, the, rela the relationship component is much more important to them. Yeah, and hurts more, maybe, or just it's, it's just that that depth, you know, that you feel because of the relationality. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. and it's the uh, okay. So this is a, a well-worn cliche, but it's been scientifically shown. Um, men get really jealous if their partner has been sexually involved with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Whereas women get really jealous if somebody has been emotionally unfaithful. Okay. Wow. Okay. So, wow, that's another level altogether. Well, that's another level. And, and I'm not saying yeah. that men only care about sex and no, women only no, care no, about no. relationships. No, 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 no. We can't say. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a general trend, women, sure, they get hurt if yeah, their yeah. partner's been sexually involved with somebody else. 
but then they get hurt more if they find out that that person actually cared for the yeah, person. Yeah, so it's that a double whammy, with. and that's always the question, isn't it, when there's that affair? I mean, well, it's just some of the interviews that I have <laughs> done. We've got a, a forthcoming book in Own a Wild. That's we, we interviewed couples all over the world, and some of them disclosed some of um, some infidelity during that time. Oh, and what and, was really wonderful yeah. is people getting over it. Yeah, and that was the thing. A lot of them, well, they were together. They had to be married 40 years or more. And um, so there's some really interesting stats coming out of that. But how they move forward. But it was always women talking about this emotional betrayal. Um, so it really ties in with what you're saying. Yes, yeah. and, and when I work clinically with couples, yeah. all right, uh, I, could, I could work with a... Uh, and I've, I've worked with several couples where... It was basically an open relationship, affairs on both sides, okay? Yeah. And um, the woman could let go of the sexual intimacy, yeah. okay? But found it really hard to let go of, you actually cared for her, didn't you? Mm. All right, that mm. was a sticking yeah. point. Yeah. Whereas for the man, the sticking mm. point was, I can't believe you actually slept with somebody else. Okay, mm, so it's, mm. it's the physical thing. And again, mm. that's biologically driven, all yeah, right? Yeah, I know, I know. Let me go to the biology of that one. Okay, okay? Yeah. And this is why um, men can have jealousy that puts them into a rage, okay, mm, mm. and can make them very, very dangerous. Mm, and mm. it's because whenever a woman has a child, she is 100% sure that that child is hers. Yeah. Okay, there's, there's no doubt, okay? Yeah, yeah. This came out of me, this is mine, okay? <laughs> Even though my boys didn't look at all like me. There's certainly a question there, but I definitely gave birth to them. <laughs> and I can be sure of that. <laughs> That's right. But no man has that guarantee. Yeah, I know. Okay. Yeah, and that, so, that's that insecurity there. That's an yeah. insecurity. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Okay, so we've, oh, well, we've gone. biological. We've gone through a few different things there. Let's go back to the question again. Oh. Can you cheat on someone that you love? Okay. Um, before I go into, um, oh yeah, no, this is a question I wanted. Do people lie to themselves to say it'll be all right? Okay, is that something that, that people that are cheating, if they've compartmentalized, yeah. do they lie to themselves to say it'll be okay? Okay, well, let me broaden that issue because the, the problem actually, if, if somebody wants to reconcile after an affair, it's actually harder for the person that had the affair, all right? Mm. Forgiving is already hard enough for the person who yeah, didn't have yeah, the affair, yeah. but for the person who had the affair, they go, I actually did this, yeah. right? I've got to live myself, yeah, live yeah. myself in that. Yeah, yeah. And there are so many things that go on in our little heads every day, <laughs> okay? Can I accept myself, mm. all right? And we do have goals that go in different directions mm. and opposite directions, mm -hmm. all right? And again, this is this is why we did a late night lies that that basically said that life is not that random. You yeah. you can make decisions. Yeah, okay? that was one of our first ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, making a decision means that you're going to be more in control of what goes mm -hmm. on in your mind. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we fail, mm -hmm. and so we actually need to forgive ourselves. Yeah, and that is actually really difficult. Yeah, forgiving yourself, yeah. That kind of ties in with our, our late night love on self-love and forgiving yourself because that question came up again and we will go back to that because that's a really big and important part of this question, yeah, isn't yeah, it? it? Forgiving is. yourself, forgiving, obviously forgiving the other person, but forgiving yourself first. Yeah. Anyway, okay, so we, um, we're moving towards the hope. We need to have some hope here, okay? We need to look at some practicals. But there was a question that came in during the week about this topic. Mm. Um, and that was, uh, uh, once a cheater, always a cheater. 
Okay, so I know I'm throwing it at you because well, it was a question that came in, so I, I yeah, have yeah, to yeah. approach it. Yeah. yeah. So, and and this person was of that mind. Um, I don't know. They didn't disclose to me whether they had been hurt in this situation before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to to. It's something that we have to answer. Yeah. Well, it's something that we have to look at. We'll look at. Yeah. And the thing is, there's actually no rule like that. Mm. Having done psychotherapy with hundreds and hundreds, thousands of people, yeah. right? I've seen people change, mm. okay? And I've, I talk specifically about this very issue too, yeah. okay? Uh, when somebody wants to change and we're able to reach a space of reality, authenticity and honesty, mm. and so, okay, how am I going to get out of this? You know, because if somebody wants a certain thing, that yeah. means that they've got already got a space in their mind to go there. Mm. And all that we do in psychotherapy is find that pathway mm. to get to mm. where somebody wants, yeah. right? But the thing is that you can't predict who wants what. <laughs> and and we can all lie, yeah. all right? Well, so yeah. Yeah, so you will get true. people who say, oh yeah, I change, I'll change, all right? Mm. And they don't want to change. Yeah. They they still go on hurting people. So, so as a, as a, I can't say that there's a general rule. No, of course, of course, yeah. And it's, yeah. it's, it's very difficult. And so it's just, it's just a very hard thing. I know, okay? I know, I know. But, and and I can't say one way or the yeah, other. Yeah, but there's also different degrees of it because some people don't even know that they're lying to themselves and genuinely do want to change, but then biologically things happen and there's that eros attraction that gets mixed up with sex and, and, and yes. yeah, and, yes. it, and, and the testosterone and everything that you talked about starts okay. Okay. again. Okay? Yes, it, it does. And, and this, is, this is what happens. You get familiar after being with somebody for years, yeah. okay, and then you feel this chemical attraction to somebody else mm. and you get all those wonderful feelings of, oh, right, mm. this is going to be exciting mm. because... Okay, because intimacy in a long-term relationship changes meaning, yeah. and uh, it it also just changes how it actually is. It's not great sex every night. You yeah, know, yeah. sometimes it's just comfortable, or sometimes people go through periods, long periods of no sex. Yeah. Okay, which is why um, men, for example, are particularly vulnerable to affairs when their partners are pregnant. Yeah. And early on in having children, because. Mm. A woman sort of feels, oh, my body has become a milk factory and a baby-making fact factory. That doesn't feel that sexy, right? <laughs> well. And the other thing is... <laughs> there okay. are moments. There were moments in my pregnancy. Well, that's yeah. right. That's, that's right. right. <laughs> okay, okay. Very good. Yeah. But, um, uh, but the other thing is there's such a demand for, uh, from a baby, yeah. sort of feed me, feed me. And what, you, you, you want to do something else to me? I'm supposed <laughs> to fulfill your needs as well? No, I've had it. Enough. Okay. <laughs> And, and, and these are realities. <laughs> yeah, they are. And we've really got to talk about them because we just don't talk about... We In society, we don't talk about these things. We really don't. Yeah, yeah. Why uh, don't we? Okay. Uh, for a start, because we're moving away from the idea of good and bad. Okay? Yeah, yeah. We're moving idea uh, away from the idea that individuals have choices. Yeah. We're moving I, uh, away from the idea of putting in effort before a reward. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. Because to go through months or years of hard relationship because you want to work to have something bigger okay mm -hmm. that takes a lot of effort mm -hmm. whereas um all of our entertainment uh internet and screens are sort of saying get your kicks now yeah have your gratification instantly right now get your dopamine hits here yeah and all yeah. of a sudden that starts to look a lot better than putting in effort 
with another person who's totally unpredictable, has a will of their own, a mind of their own. Yeah. Good grief, their own needs that they yeah. want you to fulfill yeah. in some way. Yeah. And there's that idea of getting away with it too that we haven't really talked about. You know, um, I'll, I'll do this, I'll cheat on my my partner, um, and I'm sure I'll be able to get away with it. But what does that do to the person? I mean, they've compartmentalized and they think they can do it, but what does it really do to them underneath long term? Well, to to the individual. Yes. Well, that that's hard to assess, and I get to hear that you do, in yeah. uh, in psychotherapy. Yeah. And but all I can say is this is what it's done to this individual. Okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I can't say this is what it'll do to everybody. Yeah. Okay. But the bottom line is, if you want a good relationship, yeah, this is it's the bottom line. gonna take effort. Effort. Okay. It's gonna take the effort of saying no to some attractions. Yeah. And. Yes, to cultivating the things that you need within your relationship. Yeah, okay, all right. So this is where we, we get to our seven love types, which we our book we launched last week. So the, my next question, which probably leads on to the, the practical hope section. The practical is, hope section. Does understanding um, love particularly, and of course the seven types of love, help with this? Does it help when, when there's that, that issue of cheating? Is there something that we can say, okay, there's these types of love that we have, that I have in my love relationship with my love long-term love partner um, and these I build up I don't get this with the person that I'm cheating with okay um, what do I need to work on what do I need to concentrate on about the seven love types to build up and, and what what am I not seeing in my relationship I'm I'm overwhelmed by my my sexual drive but this is what I have this is the long-term stuff where yes. do the seven love yes. types come uh, into this all right, I've just got to clarify something because cheating is not always just sex. Okay, yeah, right? yeah, okay, so that's good. Let's Pe just people, clarify People that. often cheat because they're not getting the emotional connection sure, that yeah. they want to have with wow. their love partner. Okay, you've just okay? opened up a whole other know, area I know, I know, it's now. huge. <laughs> We're going to have to come back to this on other All right, other or maybe it's, maybe it's something else. Yeah, right? yeah, okay. But... Um, Okay, so how does a seven love, love type types help? help okay, this, yeah. so uh, when couples break up, and I mean any couples are breaking up, uh, particularly after a long-term relationship, mm -hmm. they underestimate how much it will hurt. Mm. And it's not because of the lack of sex that it hurts, because they will find sex somewhere else. Mm -hmm. It's the storge belonging love mm. that they crave, all right? Mm. Um, I miss your smile. I miss your stupid little comments. Mm. I miss the way that you used to look at me uh, over the dinner table. Mm. I, I, I miss your quirky little attitudes, mm. all right? Uh, all of those things were built up storge love that were not appreciated. Yeah. And friendship, all right? Yeah, uh, yeah. When you yeah, build oh, up friendship, up time. Yeah. well, because there's so much, all of your relationship is a shared experience, yeah. ideally, all mm -hmm. right? Whereas if you live more by yourself, then you're not sharing with that person, yeah. which is why it is true that you can drift apart, yeah. right? Just, yeah. just don't share what's going on in your life or going on in your head and you will drift apart. Two people living separately and That's you've right. come across that a lot. Yes, yeah. yes. In fact, they're the relationships at the most risk of falling apart. Mm, yeah. Whereas people who argue are actually sharing their <laughs> there emotions. There we go. We'll have a good one on arguing. Yeah. Uh, yeah so a safe, reasonable, yeah. respectful argument, right, mm. actually shares the experience. Okay. So you actually then grow in understanding, and you're growing in the uh, friendship part of your love. Yeah, and then there's agape, which is the. Sorry, by the way, when we're talking about friendship love, that was philia, is one of the seven love types. But when you talk about agape, that's also that's that sort of part of you that 
it, it's like that in relationship, isn't it? You you sacrifice perhaps having the affair or or, or cheating on someone. You right. it's, it's a sacrificial thing. Agape comes into that actual equation, doesn't it? Always. In fact, in all relationships, there's an element of agape. When somebody's going through a hard time, particularly health-wise, and I've had the privilege of seeing some relationships that they go through a hard time, mm. okay, and one person is going through a really hard health time, mm. and the other person just is there for them, yeah. right? In in a way, in a sacrificial way, that is beautiful to see. That is agape love. Mm. That is saying, sure, I will go the extra mile. I will be there for you. Mm. Okay, I signed up for this, yeah, and I'm yeah. actually going to do it. Yeah, all right. Yeah. And so that's another one of the love types that happens, and it happens in all relationships. Yeah, yeah. I, I we can get into the moralizing here, but I, and I don't want to, but it is. I think I think sacrifice is certainly something that we don't talk about in relationships because it's like compromise and sacrifice and 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 we don't really talk about that much in relationships. Okay, anymore. okay. Well, you actually don't have to moralize. No, right? no. I'm, yeah, I'm just worried that we're getting to that point. Uh, no. eh, not really, because if you want to achieve anything in life, yeah, you have to sacrifice a bit of now pleasure. Yeah to achieve something yeah, in the true, future. True. All okay. of humankind does that, yeah, right? Okay. So it's it's part of our makeup uh, to, let's say, if, if you want to get a university degree, you've got to work to pass yeah. each exam. That's already sacrifice. Yeah. Uh, if, if you want to uh, free a country from apartheid, all right? There's a lot of sacrifices yeah. that people have to make over decades yeah, yeah. to get to a good outcome. Yeah, yeah. so right? it is part that's of life. I guess we don't really use the term anymore, I guess, so that's it, yeah. Okay, good. All right, so we are heading more towards the hope section and the practical section. There's, there's hope, obviously. <laughs> there is hope, there's isn't hope. there? There's that, hope. Yeah. that you can cheat on someone you love. No, 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 we're not doing that kind of hope. <laughs> the hope is? The hope is that uh, love actually rules, all right? So okay. what I mean by that Oh, that's is, a lovely hope. I like that. Is yes. that there is actually a lot of love in the brain. Oh, okay, okay, great. Right? Yeah. And I talk a lot about the bits of the brain that are dedicated to each other, mm. uh, bits of the brain that are dedicated to empathy, bits of the brain that are dedicated to compassion. Mm -hmm. Even selfishness is a form of love, right? Okay. Because it's, it's epithemia love. If, if you say, I want to have good sex, mm -hmm. right? Uh, that is an epithumia love. So right? epithumia something... is liking love. That's right. Yeah. That's right. This is what I like to have, mm -hmm. right? The thing is that we have to make choices with all these competing goals that go on in our heads. Mm -hmm. And if we actually unite the feeling center, so in our limbic system, and our thought center in our frontal lobe, mm -hmm. and think about what we're feeling, and actually plan for a good outcome, yeah. right? then we're actually using the part of the brain that is more developed than in any other species on Earth, our wow. frontal lobe. Right? Yeah. We can actually plan for a good outcome. Mm -hmm. So you actually... Uh, get to ask yourself what will make for a good relationship if that's what you want yeah, if I yeah. want a good relationship then you find all the information you talk to the people you talk to your love partner mm. and you sort of say look I love you but I also love this how can I fulfill this in you and you fulfill this in me so that we are more together mm. rather than more apart. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. And people are scared, all right? Uh, people are scared of uh, saying what they actually desire. Mm. And they're scared that they won't be able to fulfill 
their partner's needs. Oh, we don't talk about that enough either. Yeah. Because that's that's a really hard one. Oh, then I'm not going to be enough for you. That's right. Yeah. And that's, that's an awful feeling. Mm -hmm. So that needs to be talked about. Yeah, it does. It really does. Okay. And that's open communication with your partner. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because somebody will say, oh, I'm not enough for you. Okay. Uh, so I'm not fulfilling your needs. But yeah. if you talk about that, it actually becomes, you know what? I want to be enough for you. Yeah. And so if you talk about that, the other partner sort of goes, hmm, okay, how can I give them that feeling that they are actually enough for me? Okay, okay? yeah. But if you don't talk about it, it won't happen. Okay, but, okay, so this talking but <laughs> is all very well, but what about if I am sexually attracted to someone else and uh, do we talk openly about that? Do we, do, do we bring that in? Can, can we be that honest? Do we talk about that? Uh, okay, again, there's not a rule. There are some relationships that can talk yeah. about that. Yeah. And the advantage of talking about that is the other person goes, well, at least I know where I stand. Yeah, okay? yeah, because there's so many relationships that and don't least, talk about it. That's right. Yeah. And, and at least I know that this person is going to let me know about those yeah, sort of things. Yeah. But uh, if there are insecurities, uh, other people will go, you know, for our relationship, it's best that I just handle that and I don't talk about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. This topic can go so many places. And as I said, we'll come back to it at other places. But the compartmentalizing is a really interesting issue. Do yeah. go back and have a look at that because that's actually what's going on in the brain. Do we have a challenge? A challenge? Yes. I suppose the challenge is to talk about these things. Okay. okay. Communicate. Just, just a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. Because when you talk about things, you're actually stepping out in trust. Yeah. Okay. And there's the vulnerability in you that your trust may not be accepted, okay? Or mm. you're going to open up something that just hurts a little bit, yeah, okay? Yeah. But if the person comes with you, all right, mm. and enters the same area of trust, you'll have this overwhelming feeling of, oh my gosh, I'm in a good relationship, yeah. okay? And so <laughs> yeah. your love becomes deeper. Yeah. And so uh, I would encourage people to work on the trust level of your relationship. So work on the oxytocin. Yeah, because yeah, oxytocin begets oxytocin. And uh, the more trust that you're able to bring in your relationship, the more you will feel the love flowing. Yeah. And then you'll get that feeling of, my gosh, I am in love with this person. <laughs> okay, and that's a great feeling. Yeah, yeah. Okay, look, and the other thing that I want to say is that um, betrayal and jealousies happen in all relationship types, okay? Yeah. They happen in friendships. Yeah, okay? yeah, so this isn't exclusive just to love They happen within families, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, parents can betray children, children mm -hmm. can betray parents, friends can betray each True. other, colleagues, Oh, yeah. Often betray each other. Often. Now, now they, they, they're not as big betrayals yeah, as, yeah. as this one that we're talking about. Uh, but I'd encourage people not to go to this level of betrayal mm. because it takes a lot to build up trust again. Yeah. All right. I have seen people do it. I have seen people do it and that's it's wonderful. Encouraging. It's wonderful. Yeah. 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 But it hurts so much. Mm. And you actually don't want to hurt somebody that much. You actually yeah. don't want to hurt the people that you love. Yeah. All right. But you do want to get your own needs fulfilled. Mm. So we look for other ways of doing that. Yeah. Okay. All right. Anything else that you want to say before we move on to our oh, announcements? There's, there's, there's I mean, yeah, there's, there's just heaps. so much, yeah, but yeah. everything we've covered enough for today. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. <laughs> just a little bit of food for thought. Just a few take-homes there.
like about 10. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, time for our housekeeping announcements now. Um, we have been, will you stop it? That joke is dead and gone and buried, okay? Oh, come on, you love it. <laughs> you love it. You love it. I don't. You I don't. love being able to tease me about it. You do. You do. Stop it. <laughs> okay, all right. I gotta concentrate. All right, we have been talking about the seven love types, okay, and building those up in your love partnership, but also um, building up trust in all of your relationships. So um, there isn't that wandering eye or there isn't that cheating going on. Um, yeah, big and interesting topic. So if you want to learn more about those seven love types, which really will help strengthen whatever relationship you're in, in friendship or colleagues or, or the love partnership, um, there's a link to our, our book right at the bottom of the screen and you can buy it. It's available on Amazon. But if you want a sneak peek and you want a free chapter, you can go on and um, onto our website and have a look at the free chapter. I'm laughing because I know what Christian's going to say right now. Christian's going to say it's not really free because we get your name and email address <laughs> and you right. sign up to us and we... we, we what do we well, do? What do we, we do with it? We actually just send that you emails on preventative mental health. Oh, okay. It's actually right. it's quite harmless. personal and harmless, and they're just sort of <laughs> once a week, and, and you can unsubscribe at any time. But anyway, that is what we do. But also, if you like our channel, please subscribe. Please put the thumbs up. The thumbs up really help us. And we really do want questions and comments. This is a really contentious, difficult area, and we will be coming back to it at different times. So we love those questions and comments coming in. I better just check. Um... Uh, is the book available in hard copy? Thanks for that question, David. Um, unfortunately, not at the moment. Um, not available in hard copy. It is just an e-book and we're coming out with the audio book in a few weeks too. Okay. With Caroline's gorgeous voice. <laughs> That'll be fun. Okay, we've got blogs, we've got podcast series. Go and listen to it all. It's all in love at the moment and all the different aspects of love. But um, yeah, we really like your company. So keep coming and joining us. We do enjoy that. Yeah, we do. Okay, we we're going to play you out with a song, and it's usually to do with love. So what have we got today? It's a love song. It's a classic love song. It's You Are So Beautiful by Joe Cocker. Mm. Okay. But here's the thing that Joe Cocker says in the lyrics. You are so beautiful to me. Mm. When you tell somebody that they're beautiful, it's sort of like, People go, yeah, right, you know, sort of compared to everybody else, I'm not that sure. But when yeah. you are beautiful to me, that becomes heartfelt, that becomes sincere. And I've also chosen this song because it's got this middle section that says, you are everything that I hope for, you are everything that I need. And you will feel that drive and I will play it faster uh, because this has a slow section and I tend to speed it up in the center there, mm -hmm. right? So that you feel the tension of going at different speeds, mm -hmm. right? Ideally, it all goes at the same tempo so that we become together in a relationship. Joe Cocker, you are so beautiful.
This has been Dr. Caroline Heim and Dr. Christian Heim for Late Night Love. We'll see you next week for more love.